Praise the Lord. Raquena, would you stand? At least, please. She, she doesn't want to stand up front too much. And uh, I thank you for this great introduction. I couldn't have done it better. My father is uh, 95 years old. He's still alive. Last year, he still preached in churches and some youth groups. They always wanted my father, that he will come to talk about the rich uh, experiences he has made with the Lord in his life. And today, I have the privilege to be back here at Elam on this holy mountain, holy hill. And it is a place where God meets men and women who are dedicating their lives to the Lord. And this is what I expect him to do also today, to meet everyone who comes to the Lord, surrenders wholeheartedly his life, what we were singing before. It's so easy sung and sometimes so difficult done to surrender all. But I know that the Lord will meet you right there where you surrender all. And he will gladly accept your life as a living sacrifice. So now, first, we're going to look at a little uh, clip with testimonies of people that were reached through the ministry of Haley Mission at the ends of the earth, if you want to say, in Papua, out in the bush. Or like someone who visited there once said, it's not the end, but from there you can see the end of the world. Anyway. Go with the clip. In the morning when my heart is cold, you're the heat for my weary soul.
What a privilege, yes. <laughs> what a privilege to be involved in such a ministry, isn't it? I mean, I feel totally privileged. And we have also a pilot here and a mechanic who flies and fixes these helicopters right out there where we have seen in Papua. May you stand real quick, Ben Hopkinson. Yes. And uh, we will be afterwards up in the cafeteria, maybe for 20 minutes or so, uh, if someone wants to talk to us, to him, for some question or uh, some ideas, what to do with your life, we might be able to inspire you a little bit. Um, my wife just reminded me, you know, there are so many stories that show how God loves these people. It amazes me. Often in these tribes, they have like a prophet, a seer, a man that God uses to show them the future. And in one of the tribes, uh, a family, Scott and Jenny Phillips, they were there learning the language. And there was a young man. He always helped Scott to learn the language. But, you know, these huts you have seen, they, have built, they were building, you don't have a whole lot of privacy. And this young man was always sitting on their porch, and sometimes he had enough of him. So one Sunday he came out, and this young man was sitting there like, what are you doing always here, kind of? And this young man started to smile and said, you know, my father was the seer in this village. And he died now. But before he died, he had a vision that out from this valley up, white-skinned people would come. And they have never seen white people before. So, and these people who will come with a very important message. And when we hear this message, we, the Tao, will become like brothers and sisters with them. That's only through Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, we can become brothers and sisters. And so he said he wants to know this message, that's why he helps them to learn the, the, the language. And when Scott was investigating a little bit more, he found out that his father had this vision about the time when Scott and Jenny were born. 
you know, how God loves his people. He sent this message to this seer the same time that he made sure this Scott and Jenny were born, you know, and he brought them together. He was a skater, and he was uh, with his skateboard in the traffic and hitting the car of Jenny. That's how they have met, and then, you know. So, just to show you how God sovereignly prepares these tribes so they are open to receive the gospel, the message from the Lord. Um, recently, we were reading in the Old Testament, uh, in Second Kings, in our devotions in Drogen in Switzerland, and that has encouraged me so much that I want to share it with you this morning. It's about, uh, in chapter 18 and 19, about King Hezekiah, who had been a good king. Maybe you have also, sometimes, you know, when you read the kings, it's like... You, and this king did what the Lord pleased or not pleased, you know. And those, uh, did he? Oh, yes, he did, yes. Uh, oh, he's, he's one of the good ones, you know. So Hezekiah was one of the good ones. It actually says, Hezekiah trusted the Lord to the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings in Judea, either before him or after him. What a testimony. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him, and he was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. So that has caused, of course, then some troubles. And uh, uh, this king of Assyria, he was conquering many areas in that in around uh, Judea, as well as Samaria. He deported, actually, the king of uh, Samaria to Assyria. It says there, because they had not obeyed the Lord. So God used the king of Assyria, actually, to bring judgment to his people. And the king of Assyria, of course, he, he was uh, uh, not giving God the glory for all his victories, he actually ridiculed Hezekiah and the living God. That's a little bit what I want to look at a few verses in chapter 18. You know, he would go, or he would send his messenger to go to the people of Judah, Judah and he would say, do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you from my hand. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you. Do not listen to Hezekiah, and so on. And he ridiculed Hezekiah as well as God. And then King Hezekiah tore his robes, went into the temple, and was crying out to the Lord. In 2 Kings 19, verse 1. And then God sent Isaiah the prophet to speak to Hezekiah and also about the king of Assyria. That is in 2 Kings 19.23 and following verses. You know, um, Isaiah then said to Hezekiah, 
uh, about the king of Assyria. And you have said, king of Assyria, with my many chariots, I have ascended the, the heights of the mountains, the utmost heights of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars, the choicest of its junipers. I have reached its remotest parts, the finest of its forests. I have dug wells in the foreign land, and I have, I have, I have. And then God answers to him, have you not heard? Long ago, I, God, ordained it. In the days of old, I planned it. Now I have brought it to pass that you have turned fortified cities into piles of stone, their people drained of power and so on. I will put you, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will make you return the way you have come. It just shows me how God is in control, even when we think he is not. Today, as we look into the world, we could lose hope if we watch the news. But just a little bit further then, the end of this story or this king of Assyria. He was wanted to get also Jerusalem. And that night, God sent his angel and killed 185,000 of the army of the Assyrian. So next day, the king of Assyria went home as God has promised. And at home, he worshipped his God in his home. And two of his sons has killed him, have killed him there. So God is able to put in kings and to take them down as he pleases. And as we look into the world today, you know, you have all this uh, uh, gender stuff going on. And uh, you have Putin with his Ukraine war. And it's uh, horrible to watch what is going on in this world. Uh, this cancel culture, woke movement and all that. And we would wish to put an end to a lot of these ungodly movements all over the world. But as I read, read this story, it comforts me that God is in control, even when it takes years that it looks like he is not. Where are you, God? Why do you allow stuff like this to happen? Like the king of Assyria, he was attacking every, everyone around them, and even his people, the Israelites taking them to captivity. And the Lord spoke to me, I shall not care about his business, I shall care about my business. Like, what is my responsibility and what is his? You know, sometimes we want to <laughs> interfere with, with what God is doing. But the Lord expects us to take care of the responsibility he has given us, me. What are my responsibilities? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all my heart. I shall love my enemies and I shall bless those that curse me. That are responsibilities that I have to take hold of. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> to obey is better than sacrifice. Live together in unity. 
For there God has promised his blessing, even life forevermore. So already these things is a lot for us to strive after, for unity, love everyone, even my enemies, to bless them, those that hurt me, they, they might uh, talk bad about me. And you know, I don't have a problem with the things I don't understand in the Bible. I have more of a problem with the things that I clearly understand written in the Bible. Because that's clear to me what I supposed to do. Not my will be done, but yours. To surrender all. That are my responsibility. God will not push me down. That's, we have a free will. It's up to me if I surrender my life to him. Yes, Haley Mission and Elam, we have a long history. We heard already a little bit about. My father, he graduated here in 1955, was ordained, and went as an uh, evangelist to Europe to preach the gospel so that everyone will get to know the, the Lord Jesus. And now, 68 years later, Haley Mission exists 52 years, and we have had one pilot mechanic coming from Elam that has not been sent by Haley Mission to Elam. We have had many, they came here, but we have had only one that was Dan Spencer, one of the Spencers, you know, from IQ to Carlton and so on. Dan Spencer, he was with Haley Mission 10 years, serving in Ethiopia and Tanzania. There was a, a good ministry, but I believe that there is more potential here. <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> I believe that there are more people God has called also in the ministry of Haley Mission. We need mechanics. And we also need mechanics who can also fly. But you hear already, we need mainly mechanics because for every flight hour, it takes the maintenance three and a half hours approximately. It's not just wrenches on the helicopter, but it needs paperwork. So we need people who are specialized to help us with all the paperwork as well. So pilots, mechanics, we need teachers to teach kids from our families. You know, if they live out in the area where they have no school, they can send their children to. So listen what the Lord wants you to do to help meet the needs in Haley Mission. Or at least when you will go out from Elam and you will be a pastor, a youth pastor, or leading a church, invite Haley Mission once in a while to hear what is going on out there at the cutting edge of the pioneer missionary organizations. All right, will you do that? So we can share the vision with young people that they can hear the call and can respond and say, Lord, here am I, send me. I want to be involved to reach tribes, they would have never a chance if not someone will go there and invest their life to reach them. They have no cell phones, no internet, no nothing. Still today, there are such people in the Amazon. We start now a base in the Amazon. There are still many Indian tribes where the world is trying to withhold them from the gospel. Their organizations, they work hard to 
keep the missionaries away from these tribes because, of course, the missionaries destroy these precious cultures. You know, how they kill one another and die from sickness and all that. It's so unfair, these people, uh, to discriminate them in such a way. And, of course, hopefully, the gospel will destroy culture, bad culture, and bring a good culture, kingdom culture, of course. But we have an enemy, and that's what we have to face. Yes, every believer or every church has a responsibility to somehow get engaged to reach the last lost tribe with the good news. Because Jesus said, go into all the world. So if you stay home, you have to have a special call to stay home. You understand? Otherwise, you have to go. That's the general, the general call for missions is go into all the world and preach the gospel. And as Paul said to those that have never heard, I want to go. So either you go yourself or you make it possible that others can go by sending them out, providing the needs that they have, praying for them, paying their tickets, supporting them, like Ben and Anisha, his wife, they have four children, Round. <laughs> One is on the way. <laughs> so, see what you can do that such testimonies we just saw and read and heard will be added more to the kingdom. We all know very well the verses in Romans 12, 1 and 2. There Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, God is so merciful, and because he's so merciful, he encourages them to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There is so much only in these two verses, but I want to focus mainly on to offer your bodies to bring your life as a living sacrifice. Not as a dead sacrifice as a living sacrifice. And you know, some of you have heard that we had to go through a difficult time, and we still struggle with it, honestly. Two years ago, our daughter, the youngest one with 18 years, was killed in a car accident. And there had been times that I would rather die and be with her and with Christ in heaven than to continue. But that's not what the Lord wants. He wants a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. He wants to use you. He wants to, to bring fruit out of your life. That's why he needs a living sacrifice to multiply that he can work with. And not a spoiled sacrifice. I th had to think, you know, Elam has had times where there were more students here. And you might think 
you do Elam a favor that you come here to study. Uh, none of you never ever thought that, of course. You are privileged to be here. No money can pay or buy what you can get here if you surrender to the Lord and allow Him to touch your life. And your life will be marked for eternity. You will be changed for eternity. You're privileged to be here. Not to be a spoiled sacrifice. Or a sacrifice that demands, Oh Lord, you know, I will serve you if, uh, you know, and then you have a list. Find a wife and be married and whatever. You, know. um, you are privileged to be in this place as a living sacrifice, willing to do or not to do what pleases him. What the master asks you to do. How can we run that race successfully? How can we fight the good fight and stay focused? To finish the race, as Paul said, to endure, keep faith, faithfully, not giving up, not fainting, to conquer the land and not to shrink back, but to keep the land. Hallelujah. How can we do that? First of all, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need that power from on high. Empowerment, Holy Ghost power and fire, as John said about Jesus, the one that comes after me, he will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. Fire to burn away all the flesh, all that stuff that is against what God wants to do in our lives. How can we live without that? We all need that. I need it. I need that fire in my heart to burn away everything that hinders me to walk that course that the Lord has laid out for me. Not looking to others, not looking back, but to go forward, this thing tries to escape me. <laughs> to go forward in power, in His power. We need that fire to get, get rid of our flesh and its desires. Today, it's so much about satisfying our bodies, our human desires. Good food, entertainment, movies, games, in the flesh, sex, whatever. Ultimately, if that all doesn't do enough drugs, just to kind of feed those desires within us. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to stay pure, to stay focused, to run the race successfully. Hallelujah. We shall be drunk in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. Right? That's where we shall be drunk, in the Holy Spirit. To seek Him, to be filled with Him, continuously, as it says there in Ephesians 5.18, continuously filled with the Holy Spirit, so we can give out to others. And secondly, I need encouragement from, from others. Encourage one another as you see the day approaching. We need one another. We are not just uh, uh, solo runners. We shall encourage one another. Don't give up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, 
Submit to him, and he will make your paths, paths straight. And now to the end of this chapel service, I want to open the altar here. To me, this is holy ground. Because God has met here many people and changed lives, courses in lives. And I believe this morning, it's one of these holy moments that you can come here, surrender your life as we were singing before. And I believe the Lord will accept every sacrifice, every living sacrifice, that he will respond by fire and his spirit to be poured out upon your life, that you can walk that path that he has laid out for you successfully, reaching the goal, keeping faith, not giving up, not giving, not turning back, to not miss the mark that the Lord has for you, because we have an enemy who puts every effort in it to divert you, to make you lukewarm, to miss the mark. And we don't want to be those that miss the mark. Amen. Let us stand and we can close. I think they play a song. And I will just pray that the Lord will meet you, those that will come forward here. Father, I thank you that you have been faithful over all these ages we could read in the Old Testament, and you're faithful today, and you will be faithful tomorrow. You will be with us. Your word says you will always be for us and never against us. If the whole world is against us, you will be for us. You, will, you are the one that is cheering us up that we shall go forward to reach the goal, to hit the mark that you have for each one of us. So, Father, as people will come this morning here to the altar, I pray, Father, that you will touch them, that you will pour out your Spirit upon them, that you will baptize them with Holy Ghost and fire, so they will be equipped to go out to do what you have called them to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.